Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. What it does from a behavioral economics standpoint is that it limits the types of risk we take, we tend to, um, you know, act out of fear. And what this does in a nutshell is it can result in potential losses in the millions of dollars over a lifetime. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. When it comes to work, communication is key. Even if you don't have a writing job. 
Sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at grammarly.com slash podcast. Hey there, real quick before we jump into the episode, I want to ask you a quick question. Did you know that on this show, I love to answer your money questions and share your success stories? Your questions can be vague, in-depth, or just anything in between. You can stay anonymous or share your first name. It is completely up to you. And there are no dumb questions. Okay, we've got a short little form you can fill out to have your questions or success stories shared in an upcoming Shauna Shares episode. Just click over to the show notes and tap on the link or head straight to bit.ly slash Shauna Shares. Cool? Okay, on to the episode. Welcome back to the show. We have got an exciting two-part conversation for you. In this part one, we're going to be talking about the very real implications of money trauma. Did you know that you can have money trauma from relationships, from your childhood, your own money beliefs, and even generational money trauma that has been passed down to you? Our guest, Keisha Blair, is the author of a book called Holistic Wealth, which just recently released an updated version and the founder of the Institute on Holistic Wealth. She's here to break down how to uncover, process, and heal from money trauma. Keisha shares her own story of managing money trauma and how to start taking agency over your money story. This is a incredibly powerful episode that will give you chills, maybe even have you tearing up a little bit, but I promise you these will be tears of release to help you on your own money journey. I'm not going to lie, this one really hits home for me. Grab your tissues and let's jump into the conversation. Akisha, I am so excited to have you join us on the show. You've been on the podcast before. Uh, Everybody has loved your episodes. We dive into all sorts of juicy topics. And today, in this episode, we're going to do a two-parter about subjects that really feel close to home to me. So thank you for being here. It's so good to be back, Shauna. Thank you so much for having me here. One of the things that I know is really a roadblock to fulfilling our money goals, living the life we want to live, whatever you want to call it, is money trauma. This is one of your expertise. And I think we we talk about all sorts of different traumas we have in life, but we don't normally talk about money trauma or really understand what that is. So I want to just start there. Can you give us a little bit of a framework and understanding what does money trauma look like? Yeah, absolutely. And it's such an important topic now that COVID has hit, right? And so many people have been through job loss and they've experienced the death of a loved one. And just, you know, the high inflation um, time, and it's it's been protracted right now. So there are a lot of things going on, which, you know, makes the topic of money trauma so much more relevant. And so 
you know, when I think about money trauma, uh, you know, different things come to mind, but it's trauma associated with your personal finances and, and, and a major event that has happened in your life that, um, you know, that has brought on this trauma. And, and as I said, it could be the, the death of a loved one, uh, the death of a parent, the death of a spouse, the death of a sibling. It could be a major job loss that was probably unexpected. And it can be intergenerational. It can be these big socioeconomic events that our parents went through, uh, that we saw them suffer through. Like, it's so amazing, Shanna. Like, on the Holistic Wealth podcast, I've had guests come on, and, and they're like, well, yeah, you know, my, my grandparents lived through um, World War II, <laughs> or they lived through the Holocaust, what, whatever it is. And, you know, it passes down. And, you know, as we know, children develop attitudes towards money from age seven. And so some of that is passed down intergener intergenerationally. And so there, there's a study of epigenetics as well, uh, which is just that, uh, you know, that passing down that, that genetic code of, you know, from a child, from a parent to a child in, in the womb. And, and it's so amazing, the study. And I've been doing a lot of research on that as I, you know, just finished launching the Trauma of Money course at the Institute on Holistic Wealth. But that that is it in a nutshell, and it's a deep dive. I've you know I, I could talk about it so much longer, but it's it's there's a lot wrapped up in it. Yeah, I want to I want to dive into so many different pieces of what uh, what you just talked about and go a little bit deeper. Uh, when you were talking, it reminds me of I think I have a couple of different really strong money trauma pieces in in my history. I think of when I got a divorce in my very early 30s and the decision was either I kind of give up all of my assets to my uh -huh. ex-partner or I um, have to pay him for a very long period of time. And I, I just kept thinking about this idea of having to pay somebody for around 10 years. And to me, it was like every time I would have to write that check, it would be like, opening a scab again. And yes. it just created this traumatic feeling in myself where I thought, okay, the, the best way for me to go about this was just to release the things that I had spent, you know, 10 years building up and then somehow work my way through the trauma of, of releasing that. But that felt lighter to me than having to pay somebody for 10 plus years. And so, you know, I think what I love what you're talking about is that m these money traumas, they can be big, they can be small, it doesn't matter. It's however it it shows up in your life and impacts you that that is the trauma itself. Exactly. And I love that example that you just give that you just gave a lot of women can really, you know, relate to that. I can relate to it just because you know, like I've had best friends, who went through the same exact situation in their early 20s with a divorce that you just described. And as we know, I was widowed at 31. And I think there was some money trauma for me too, just, you know, having a payout from a life insurance policy at that young age. And it was associated with the death of someone right. in your life that you, you know, one of the people that you love the most in the world. And, you know, it's so funny, you know, all of us in the personal finance world, you know, we tell people plan, 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 do this, do this, do this. But really, 
when life happens and, you know, these traumas come, it's, it's something that, you know, we can't necessarily avoid, but it's something to be very aware about, just your feelings. And you know how you mentioned that every time you had to write that check, what those feelings were like. Well, every time I thought about that money, that life insurance, you know, and every time I had to draw down on some of that, whether it was just interest, it was like death by a thousand cuts. And and that's how it comes about. And and so it's a, it's a wonderful topic just to get people aware of how it feels and like the strategies that you can use to overcome it. So thinking about people who are listening, maybe who have not been familiar with this idea of money trauma, like this is a new concept. How can we figure out if we indeed do have some sort of money trauma that may be impacting how we associate with money right now? Yeah, I think it's looking at our emotions around it. And how does the money make you feel? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it this feeling that you described, Shanna, in your case, of every time, you know, writing a check, it just brings this sinking feeling. And, you know, it's, it's good for us to, like, journal and just to think about the emotions wrapped up in that and why and how. It's just this concept and this exercise in being self-aware. If you find yourself always questioning your money decisions a lot. So one of the key, uh, you know, symptoms of money trauma is hypervigilance. So if you find yourself just constantly hypervigilant around money and, you know, you're thinking about it 24-7 and you're thinking about it and it brings on these feelings of fear and dread or guilt or shame. There might be something there that you need to dig into. And, uh, you know, it's so funny. It, it can be, as you mentioned, it, it can be on an interim, right? There, there are people who have not been through a significant life event, like a divorce or a death of a loved one, but they might, might be in a job that they're not liking. <laughs> and each time they get the paycheck, it just does not feel good, you know, because I, I hate the job. I hate what I'm doing. I'm not being fulfilled. And that can bring on some form of money trauma as well. So it's just those feelings that come when you think about that pot of money and how it makes you feel and 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 the confidence and and think about how it makes you feel in terms of your power, your own personal power. Does it make you feel powerless? Does it make you feel like something has been taken away from you? That type of agency has been taken away from you. Uh, with regards to this pot of funds and and why you have to do the actions you're doing. And that can be some key indicators of, um, you know, money trauma. And of course, right now, the the field of research associated with it is evolving. And we know that PTSD is associated with it as well. Um, And and so just thinking about, um, you know, mental health considerations and other physical manifestations like insomnia, um, not eating well, um, you know, feeling nauseous when you think about um, the money or the traumatic event. Um, and so all of that's tied up in it, and which is unbelievable um, in terms of money trauma and how it can affect us. I think I've probably had every symptom that you just described <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, over my life, if I'm going to be really, really honest. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a money expert. I talk about money all day long, but money is a subject that is 
difficult for me. There are a lot of feelings wrapped up in it. There's a lot of feelings from childhood around success and money that I know aren't true, but uh, tend to bubble up to the surface. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you, because I think we've we've done a great job of, of laying the landscape of what money trauma is, but tell me a little bit about if if we have money trauma, which I'm assuming most all of us do in some way, shape, or form, how does that then actually impact our money or our goals or the life we're living? Like, how can we directly see how that's maybe uh, hindering us? And that's such an important question, Shanna. And you know, it's so funny. I'm smiling because as a trained economist. You often find, you know, like articles online that are written by psychologists. And of course, you know, that needs to be the case. But the second part of it, which is what you're asking about, isn't written about enough and not written about the people who need to written by the people who need to write about these things. Because what it does from a behavioral economics standpoint is that it limits the types of risk we take, we tend to, um, you know, act out of fear. And what this does in a nutshell is it can result in potential losses in the millions of dollars over a lifetime. And so it's, it's unbelievable what the opportunity cost is of this, because let's say we, you know, we look at someone who's been through money trauma and there are studies out there, for instance, that show that, you know, children who survived in the Nigerian war in World War Two, you know, came up as adults with significant money trauma. And as a result, failed, failed to invest. They had so much fear wrapped up in, you know, from that trauma that they didn't take the money decisions that they needed to take and the money risks that they needed to take. To, to craft the life that they wanted to. So many of them did not take any risk. They became ultra conservative, um, you know, with their investment, just probably, you know, put their savings in a bank account, in a low yield bank account and left it. And studies have shown that because of that, there's a lifetime penalty in the millions of dollars per person as a result of money trauma because of how people view the money and the, the emotions. Like I've often heard other widows talk about their payout from a life insurance as like blood money. To them, it was blood money and they didn't want to touch it. They parked it in a bank account or gave some of it away, Shanna, and did not invest or did anything with it. And so that's kind of the opportunity cost that I'm talking about. And I think that needs to be out there more. You know, we talk about the symptoms a lot. We talk about, you know, all these things which are great and are necessary. But what we're not talking about is the other piece, the potential losses over a lifetime. So even with me and my situation, like I had to become so self-aware and I had to become more bold and to like, you know, we're going to get into the discussion around the personal financial identity, but I had to find a way to realize that, okay, you know, this is here to make me thrive. This is here because it was done out of an act of love. I need to embrace this and make the best of it and leverage it the best I know how. So that's kind of the piece of the puzzle that is missing from the conversation that people need to be aware of is like your actions have a real big impact now on how you invest on your personal money goals, uh, you know, what your life will take shape, how it will take shape, 
what you'll be able to do if you can't overcome this money trauma and take steps to do so. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary. 
but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. I mean, just hearing you say that money trauma can cause a loss of millions of dollars personally that i mean that is a that's a very large number and i think it's it's such an important topic for us to be talking about because we both know that it exists for so many people and i see people all the time kind of just like bang their head against the wall of like you know i know i should be doing x y and z with my money but for some reason i keep making other choices or i'm not getting ahead or i'm not whatever it might be. And so when you look under the hood and you see things like money trauma, I mean, there's a lot of other things we're going to dive deeper into financial identity and part two of our conversation. But, you know, you start to really understand the the why behind why, I guess I should say the why behind the why, <laughs> yeah. why people get, get really stuck and frustrated and so irritated with money, and then it causes even more stress. And so I think, what you're doing and what you're talking about is so critically important. And I'm wondering if you have anything you could share on, on this episode, any any tips, uh, questions to ask ourselves or exercises to help us dig a little bit deeper into our money trauma? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's such a great thing when we can start to be self-aware and start to think, you know what, I'm going to rewrite my money story. So I've been through this. Yes, I know that I have these emotions. Yes, that's true. But how can I flip the script, start anew with my relationship with money? And, and so that's the first thing is just starting afresh with your relationship with money. And it starts with really rewriting that personal money story. And there are some steps that you can do. And I, I would start from a place of gratitude and just being grateful for the journey and where you've been and where you're going. And just, you know, forgive yourself for any mistakes or any feelings that you've been having towards money. And then just resolve to move on and to move on in a different direction, like to change course. And so 
the first step is is I mean the personal financial identity um question is a big part of that. You know, I, I remember when, you know, my husband died and I used to question all my money decisions because, you know, a lot of women, we do that. And and I thought, why am I doing this? Like I'm a trained economist. <laughs> right. You know, I, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm a pretty, you know, I'm pretty good with money, I think. You know, why am I thinking about what would he do? What would he do? And I thought, is it that I'm not embracing my own financial identity? And I thought that must be it. And so there was a chapter in the last book, you know, the first edition of Holistic Wealth. And in this book, it, you know, it's, it's, it's fleshed out more. So it was, it was just mentioned, sorry, in the first edition. Now there's an entire chapter. And that was a big part of the puzzle for me. And as soon as I developed the quiz and I developed the framework, I realized, you know what, this is so important to help people, you know, identify their own so they can rewrite their own personal money story. And part of that, and I talk about this in terms of money trauma in, in the, you know, the trauma of money course I developed, you know, write down your personal disruption timeline. So I know, you know, a lot of us have had a series of disruptions. As a matter of fact, like right now, when I train, you know, other coaches, I train them to plan for two disruptions per decade. Write down your personal disruption timeline and think about which one was the most, you know, disruptive and why. And really jot that down and do the thinking. And, you know, once you start taking the steps, to rewrite that personal money story with your own financial identity, you know, what your disruption looked like and how it defined you and what you can do to move forward. It's just so much better when you write down your money goals and you set your goals in line with who you are and your values, not someone else's values, not your former spouse or your parents's just your unique values and what you want to invest in, where you want to go and what you're going to embrace in your life that's authentic to you with how you want to live, then that's a big step. Um, and of course, the book has, you know, a lot more and, and so does the course. But those are some key micro steps that I can think about. And you know what I always tell people as well, and it, this is related to money trauma as well, write down a new mission for yourself. So, you know, that's wrapped up in your financial identity, write down a new mission and a new money mission under that, like as a sub goal like and that. really, pardon? I like that a lot. Yeah. Like your, your, your mission, your, like who you want to be, the, what you're saying, right, is you, you can create right now today who you want to be just like a business creates a mission statement you can do the same for yourself you can do the same for yourself and it's so much more meaningful when you've been through trauma you know it's so much more meaningful when you're in a transition stage of your life or even right now when we're all just sitting through covid and thinking you know where is this going and where am i going and what do i want it to look like after this for me you know even if i didn't have you know anything significant happen where I think we're all just thinking okay so like what would I want my life to look like after this and and what would I want my legacy to be and that's a big part of it and rewriting that personal money story is a big part of that so I think that's critical and I think you know those are some micro steps 
that people can use to do that. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And kind of on the uh, flip side, a little bit of, of money trauma, of, of coming out of money trauma, this was something I had to really develop and it took some time. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about this. I know you go deeper in this in your book, Holistic Wealth, but what does it mean then to have money confidence, to move through that trauma and get to a place of confidence? Yeah, I know that's a good question. And I think it's that stage you reach when you can invest or you're spending on something that you want and you're saving in a way that you want and everything aligns for you so much so that there are no negative feelings or there are no feelings of remorse or regret or thinking am I doing the right thing you just know you're moving in line with not only your values but with your personal financial identity and 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 you know exactly where you're headed and and what you're doing and each micro step each money decision builds on the last one so you're moving in a cohesive manner you're not just all over the place there is some method to the madness and everything just aligns and now I you know I I teach I coach people on you know their holistic wealth portfolio and so you know your financial plan is part of that and so when your financial plan and your, let's say your, your money decisions as part of that financial plan are aligned and it's aligned with the rest of your portfolio, your holistic wealth portfolio, then you know that, okay, like I know that all of these steps that I'm taking, they're building on something. They're building, they're making me more financially resilient. They're making me more financially resourceful. So I'm building on something. I'm not just, you know, all over the place and there's nothing really connected and aligned and I'm not moving in a set direction. 
But once you've gotten all those pieces together, it's just so much, so much easier. And you feel so much lighter because everything aligns. So thinking about being a trained economist, since we have you here, obviously the state of the world is kind of all over the place. The stock market's up, it's down, it's backwards, it's forwards. We've got inflation, high cost of living, all sorts of things like that. How much should we be paying attention to those things if we're trying to operate in this place of money confidence? You know, should should we be shaken that, I don't know, the stock market went down and maybe we lost some in our retirement pro- portfolio? Like, how do we balance that all out to have a good sort of frame of mind around our money? Yeah, that's a really good question, because I think we're all in a place now where it's just everything is just so shocking. And the the way it's moving is is just day by day is it seems to be spinning out of control. And you know, I've I've done, you know, so many different interviews on inflation and what needs to happen, you know, as an economist. And, you know, you mentioned stocks, Jan, and different investments. And one of the things that I keep saying is stay the course. You know, don't turn paper losses into real losses. Stay the course with your investments and not, you know, let fear dictate, you know, even our money decisions, don't let fear dictate. Of course, there's some things that we shouldn't be doing right now. We shouldn't be over leveraging ourselves. We shouldn't be getting into more debt, especially consumer debt. We should be looking at, you know, how we can just, you know, stick with the lowest interest debt that we can and try to get rid of the high interest debt as fast as we can. I think that is the number one priority right now because there are going to be more rate increases. And of course, you know, it's so funny. I wrote in the in the expanded and updated version of holistic wealth that, you know, the period between um the 1990s and 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 2000 and nine, you know, that period was called the last decade. So many things happened. The stock market crashed, like we had the 2009 recession. And we didn't have half the things happening now as when the book was released just this March. I mean, the book was just released on March 22nd. And I said in the book, I think we're going to be entering another era of a lost decade. And I think, I think we're there. Um, you know, I think we can all agree that we might be headed there. So from that perspective, I think we need to plan. I think we need to, you know, shore up our mental reserves and really, um, you know, not let ourselves get unnerved. And so that's why the whole concept of holistic wealth is so important, because we need that mental health well-being aspect to be just as strong as our money, you know, our, 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 our money decisions, we need to, to be able to weather this in terms of, you know, mindfulness around how we spend and, and what we do. And, and, and that's why that's so important. So yeah, I, it's, it's a tough time. And I know at some point it will end as all of them do, but it's just making sure that, um, you know, we put things in place. You've been very open on this show. You've always shared your money story. You mentioned you were widowed at 31. Uh, you know, I know that we've got some new listeners who maybe haven't ha- heard your previous uh, episodes, but I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your journey and, and how you 
how you fell into this concept of holistic wealth and why you, why you thought, okay, this is important. Everybody needs this. Yeah, absolutely. So just again, you know, for those who don't know my story, I was widowed at age 31. So my husband died really suddenly uh, and it was unexpected of a, a, a very rare disease. It's so rare that only one in one million people get it each year. And most doctors will never see it in their lifetime, only in textbooks. So uh, it became a, a, a medical mystery and it took them a year to even find a cause. So, of course, that, yeah, that made me, I had to take a step back. I really did. It was like a, a bolt of lightning that hit your household and nobody could explain what it was. It took them a year. And even now, uh, they've kept, you know, and I haven't said this anywhere else before, not even on my podcast, but they've kept a lot of, you know, um, remains behind for, for, um, for research to advance the field of research because this disease is so rare. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, uh, you know, as you can imagine, I was just like, what's going on? And, you know, I remember the night he went in to the emergency room. He just had a, a pain in his abdomen. And, you know, it, it took all of three hours for everything to be all over. They couldn't find anything. They couldn't arrest. They couldn't do anything. And he died within three hours. And I remember walking out with a white plastic bag that night of his things. <sighs> and some of the most precious things, like his wedding ring. And it dawned on me that all the things, that, that, that material aspect was just so temporary, right? Because now he was gone. And I thought, wow. I remember that was a defining moment for me that helped kind of inform this holistic wealth framework now. And at the time, I had no idea I'd write anything remotely related to any book or holistic wealth or anything. I was just devastated. But when I took a one-year sabbatical, to grieve and to find a new way forward, it all came home to me and it all just gelled. And, you know, I wrote this article, that viral article that led to this book. You know, my husband died at age 34. Here are 40 life lessons I learned from it. And a lot of those things combined, uh, you know, formed the basis for that article and the first edition of the book that was published in November 2019. And so um, that's kind of how holistic wealth came about. In the, in, the, in the viral article, I spelled out a whole range of lessons that were not only money related, as you can imagine, like for those listening in, it had to do with a personal mission, um, things to do with, you know, leaving behind a legacy, um, the fact that our mental health is just as important as our physical wealth, the fact that, you know, nature is also healing, that we need to spend time there. And, and so it was a range, it was 40 life lessons, so, so um, quite a few. And that formed the basis of the first edition of the book. And then when COVID hit, you know, so many women came forward. And, you know, Shanna, since we had that last episode that we did, others came forward, you know, about wanting to do a certification, like a holistic wealth certification. And I, I'd never written one before, but... I felt compelled to do this because a lot of them were already in, in the financial field. And they said, there's so many gaps for women and we see them in your book. So you need to do this so we can go out there 
and help others in whatever way we can, in whatever way, in or even, in, you know, that we can help others. Because there's so many things out there now that women are just not, you know, they're just not in the know about. And so I did that and then, you know, launched the Institute on Holistic Wealth. And so it's been a real journey. And it's it's so much more relevant now with COVID-19, though. So, um, so I'm glad that we were able to get this expanded version out there, which also talks about, you know, a lot of these things and some of the women who came forward and, and how this journey has evolved. I just have, I have goosebumps from your story. Uh, I can't imagine, I mean, I think of TV shows where they show somebody going into the hospital for something and then just a couple hours later dying and, and you walking away with, with a plastic bag. And I think about, my God, how that would make me feel. And so, you know, what it what it does for me is it makes me tune into that idea of creating a mission statement for my life, for my money, and like really living that each day because I think that's so powerful. Uh, and like you said, it really takes away all of the stuff and um, – I don't know. It just—it's really grounding. So, thank you for sharing that that story with us. Yeah, absolutely. I, as we kind of wrap up our, our part one here, uh, you encourage everyone to to live this life. They're financially savvy, independent, living with purpose. You mentioned the word generosity, and I think that sounds so fantastic. I'm wondering though, because. For a lot of us listening, that feels like something very lofty that we can't quite get to. What are some of the, the things that get in the way of, of living this version of life other than money trauma? Yeah, there. you're right. It, it does sound, you know, all very good. And, you know, I think life, if we let it, and if we live in a way where we're not very mindful about how we're living and we're not living intentionally, and that's one of the reasons why I think it was upfront. I think it was even from the introduction to the book that I said, you know what, this has to be intentional by design. Like it really has to be intentional every single day. And, and you know, when I talk about the holistic wealth method, that method where we see things either as a deposit or we make our decisions as a deposit to our holistic wealth bank accounts or a withdrawal. That's also part of it, you know, in terms of even our generosity and how we use our time with others. Because I found that at the lowest points in my life, you know, when I dug deep uh, to reach out to others, and to help others in a way that was authentic to me and my story, that was authentic to me and my journey, the healing was just so much more meaningful and deeper. And I mean, that's part of that holistic book journey that I'm on now and we're sharing about it and me being here and talking. And that's part of the generosity. You know, I think a lot of people think about the generosity just in terms of like giving money, but it can be giving of your time and it can be, you know, just giving of your attention. And that's part of that holistic wealth lifestyle and just being just very intentional about your time and, and you know, the things that we do and, 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 and the people we spend time on. Like, you know, we have so many things that serve to distract us now. And so I think 
that's the part that we have to zero in on. And once we craft that personal mission and we do these different things, then it becomes crystal clear. Because when you craft that personal mission, put who, what, where, when. So who are you wanting to impact? And you know what? We can even do it as a family. We can craft family mission statements. So everybody involved. So that as a family, here's our family mission statement. And I know for me, it served as like a GPS, you know, coming out of what I had been through and really crafting that life that I wanted. So I think those are some of, you know, some of the key, key steps and bringing it down to a more practical level. And, you know, there's so many things that we can do, you know, not to only make our our lives more meaningful, but to impact others. I can certainly see where money trauma has blocked me from making intentional and smart money decisions over the years. If I'm going to be really honest and transparent with you, I'm guilty of getting hung up on this idea that believing that my worth in the world was somehow defined by my bank account. I know it's crazy, but this is how this stuff works. I made some really poor money decisions as a result of that. But the good news is that with the right information and tools, you can process through money trauma and just learn how to not let it stop you from getting ahead. Keisha's book, Holistic Wealth, it is honestly a permanent fixture on my bookshelf for that reason. So if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with someone right now and head to whatever podcast player you're listening to right now to leave us an honest review for the show. And you don't want to miss our part two of this episode that's coming up in just a few days. 